Hi, I'm Tom Ferry, CEO of Your Coach. For nearly 20 years, I have worked, studied, tested, and applied like a scientist in a laboratory. What makes the top producers, the mega agents, the superstars of the industry, the multi-million dollar income earners tick? Why do they do what they do, and how can you create it, versus the agents in our industry that seem to struggle every single day? And I can tell you that after working with more than a quarter of a million realtors, personally conducting over 100,000 coaching sessions, including today working with the number one agent in the world for Cole Banker and Century 21 and more, I've discovered many truths, many formulas, if you will, many natural laws for success. And what we've discovered after teaching these laws to our clients is they work in a buyer's market, in a seller's market, in an REO market, a good, a great, a terrible market. When you apply these laws, you and your business will move from the level of production you are today to double triple, even quadrupling is possible. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this message today, that is exactly what you're looking for. So today I want to share with you one of the most important truths we've learned along the way in helping so many of our clients, and that is the law of exposure. You see, the law of exposure states, whomever I expose myself to, I will naturally begin to emulate and be more like. Think about that for a moment. Whomever you spend the most time with, the most exposure to, we naturally gravitate towards their way of being, speaking, rituals, disciplines, and of course, ultimately, their results. Think about it. We all know if, you, if you're a tennis player, as an example, if you want to improve your game, you've got to play with better players. You've got to expose yourself to better players. Why? Because they elevate your game. They get you to push harder, play faster, stretch yourself, and ultimately, when you're playing with people that are more talented than you, you begin to see the subtleties of the game, and you really notice how ultimately it's supposed to be played. That's why we do it. Think about it as another example. We've all heard uh, the study pertaining to income. Specifically, the study states that your income is an average of the five people you expose yourself to the most. Imagine that. The five people you spend the most time with actually creates the income you have today. Now, you, as the listener, you know the law of exposure from experience. Think about your company, where you work. Who do the very best income earners spend their time with? Who do the mega agents in your office spend their time with? You and I both know the answer is they spend their time with the best. And, of course, what happens when an up-and-coming agent, right, someone that's just getting in the industry or moves to your office, if they gain the exposure from the very best in the business, what happens? Inevitably, their production and income soars. Why? the law of exposure. They learn and see how the game is supposed to be played so they can leapfrog all those years of mistakes and begin to experience the same results. Unfortunately, this same law applies the other way. What if you only expose yourself to negativity about the market conditions, about cutbacks, about fear and uncertainty? What if all you do is spend time with people that are complaining people that aren't taking action, people that are victims to their business and the market. What impact would this exposure have on you, have on your business, have on your income, 
have on the way you feel about yourself every day. Well, I can tell you from experience, my friends, it can be absolutely deadly and it can cost you everything. Imagine that. One simple law. The difference between a great business, financial freedom, joy, feeling inspired, making a difference with your community and with every client you spend time with versus a grueling, uninspired, emotionally draining, costly business that feels like all it ever does is take and take and take from you. Now you realize after listening to this how important the right exposure is to your success. And with that said, it is my privilege to expose you to a friend, someone who's had a significant impact on my life and the lives of over 50 million people around the world, someone who can assist you in getting the results you want from your life and from your business. You've heard his name before, and I'm proud to introduce him. His name is Tony Robbins, so Tony, I know you're out there. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about you, Tom? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for spending the time today with me on the phone. So, Tony, take a minute, if you would, and share with the listener just a little bit about your world today. I'm pretty broad. <laughs> My world's pretty diverse. I live in four countries. I travel around the world. I've started, you know, 30 years ago, basically looking for ways to improve my own life. And you know, I often tell people, most people completely overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade, much less two or three. So at this stage of my life, I spend my time looking, constantly modeling people that are best in the area and then taking those tools, those strategies, those insights to millions of people. So, you know, I do just got back from London at a big event there for 12,000 people. For My events are kind of short, 50 hours, 5-0 you know, over the course of a weekend where literally people that won't sit for a, you know, a three-hour movie or a three-hour concert uh, are sitting there and going through an experience that's beyond their imagination because they're not just sitting there taking everything and applying it. So I, I do my live events and I constantly coach. It's been, you know, my pleasure to do and, and my privilege to do for so many years. So, you know, I get the phone call when the fire kind of starts, when the athlete's burning down on television, when the kid is suicidal, when, uh, you know, the President of the United States has got a challenge, and I get those calls at this point. So, I'm, I, right now I'm working with a particular athlete. I keep things private until I work with him, but he's one of the best-known athletes in the world. He's in a real difficult slump, and I helped him make immediate change in a day, and so I'm following up with him this afternoon, and I'm still working. I, have, I, had, I don't know if you can follow Ultimate Fighting or not. It's kind of a fun sport. It's growing like crazy, and there's a guy yes. named Chuck Liddell that's pretty well-known, and uh, Chuck lost two fights in a row, and people are saying he's getting too old, so I came in a couple months ago and worked with him before he's getting in front of his toughest fight and helped him turn that around. So you know, I go from working with a child to, you know, a fighter from a politician to a top financial planner or trainer. And one client now is one of the top five financial uh, uh, traders in the history of the world, and he's been my client for about 16 years now. So this is a guy that made literally $500 million in a day, and then lost money for the next four years. So I turned him around, and he's made money ever since. So every day I coach him. He's an ongoing component for me. So I get a million dollars a year to coach him. I don't tell you that to impress you, but more to impress upon you, this guy is not looking for motivation or positive thing. He's looking for strategies to differentiate in a market that's constantly changing. So I live for, my life is about finding that edge. What is the difference that makes the difference inequality in somebody's life, and I love it when people, you know, I tend to get the call when people are either at the top of their game, and they really just want to, you know, those type of people are hungry always, you know, they never give up, they're, uh, it doesn't matter how great it is, they want more, or I get people when they hit a tough market, they hit a tough environment, and suddenly they say, man, I got to find an edge to take it to the next level, so I tend to get people there, not the in-between area where people kind of just take things for granted, 
And in the real estate market now, obviously, that's an area that people need to put that additional focus in. Because you look at the markets and you see over the years, and I've been around 30 years, so I've seen it, you see markets go up and go down, and you watch everybody jump into the real estate market, everybody jump into the mortgage market, you know, whatever the case may be, and then the shakeout happens, and we've already seen so much of that. And, you know, the people that did well during the great times do well during the poor times. And the people, you know, that did poor did well only in the good times, and they were just part of, you know, the momentum of the moment. They leave the business, and they make room for people that really are the best. So it's honestly, it's a cleanup time. It's like any industry. It's an opportunity for somebody to move themselves up at a level they couldn't have at the same level when there was so much competition. Now the competition is much, much weaker, but it does require a different set of strategies and approaches, and I know that's the big focus of what you, Tom, and your team are doing. Absolutely. So, Tony, imagine for a moment the person maybe listening to this interview might be saying, you know, wow, Tony's done all of that. So, so here's my situation. I'm down 30% on my income. My market is really tough. I've been doing this for five years or 10 years or maybe even 20 years, and, and I'm experiencing a tremendous amount of fear and uncertainty. Has Tony ever been there before? Has he, has he ever been that salesperson? I have been that salesperson. I've been, I've been that person multiple times in my life, honestly, starting when I was first on my own was a janitor and trying to figure out how to survive uh, all the way to, I can uh, tell you, working as a salesperson, I faced that in multiple levels, but you know, I even faced it later in life. I faced it when uh, I had one of the, those peak moments in life that go beyond your imagination. Uh, when I was about 38, 39 years old, I was doing a seminar in New York. I had 15,000 people in the room, and I'm doing what I love most, and it's like a rock and roll concert. You know, people don't sit in my events. You're moving. You're doing things. You're taking what's in your psychology and your head, and you're putting it in your body and locking it in. So it's a very active thing. I'm loving it. And one of my companies went public that day, and, you know, while the break was going on, a guy comes and whispers in my ear, one of my associates, and says, the company just went public. Your stock is worth $400 million today, just your stock alone, not your other assets. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. And I finished that day, and, you know, I can tell you maybe two years, year and a half later, it was the end of the, the first crash, technology crash, it was a technology company. I was at days where it's like, holy shit, you know, the entire market is crashing. It doesn't matter what you do. You know, a rising boat takes up all boats, and a dropping boat takes everybody down to some extent. You know, what am I going to do? And everyone's saying we're going to go bankrupt, and the media doesn't treat you equally. You know, if you have some form of celebrity of any sort, they come at you. And it, look, it was impossible. It was impossible to turn around because no one was responding to the environment of the market of what we were working with in technology at that stage. It was just a complete shutdown that was occurring. But we faced it. We figured out strategies on how to deal with it. And, and I, here's what I'd say the first thing you've got to do. The number one thing, and I know it sounds overly simplistic, but it's true, is 80% of success in these kinds of markets is your psychology and 20% is your mechanics. That's not to say mechanics aren't critically important, but whether you're going to execute or not has nothing to do with your ability. It's going to come everything down to do what do you do inside your head. And so the mindset, when that 30% drop happens, that's a reality. But when you allow yourself to let that put you in that state of fear and you stay there, I mean, everybody feels it, but when you allow yourself to stay there for any sustained period of time, it becomes the self-fulfilling prophecy. There's a, a process that I teach called the success cycle, and that cycle really is you see how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. You know, during a depression, for example, is when the greatest amount of wealth was ever made in our entire history because everybody else is running scared, and these guys kept their head about them and found the opportunities that are there. But what the success cycle says is this. If you look at a human being's potential, that potential, whatever it is, is different for everybody, but it's enormous, and almost nobody ever taps its full ability. If you thought of it as a cycle of saying there's a potential and there's a certain amount of action that I tap into that potential, 
And out of that action, I'm getting a result. Well, very often what happens is people think, man, you know, my potential has dropped because the market has changed. The minute you have that shift in belief, your potential hasn't shifted, but your ability to use it has. Just that slight shift in your psychological edge takes away the one thing that makes a difference between success and failure in sales, in influence, in marketing, certainly in life, certainly in athletics, and that is certainty. If there's one thing a human being has to build into their body in a market like this, it's not a mental game of certainty. It's a sense of absolute certainty that you will find the way or you'll make the way. And it isn't just being positive, but it starts with that psychology, that hunger that there is a way. Because the minute you buy that you are the market, then you are. So that shift is the first thing that has to happen with that person because you can actually keep working on your actions. You can take a lot of action. You can make more calls. You can do all those things. But if your core belief is, damn, this is really a tough time and this is going to be incredibly difficult and I don't know if I, if I can really turn this thing around, you'll use less of your potential. The type of action you'll take will be weak. It'll come through in your voice. It'll come through in the nuance in your face. It'll signal something to other people that exposes them or inflames the fear or concern, uncertainty they already have, and the results you get are terrible. Now, interestingly enough, when you get bad results, what does that do to your, your belief or your sense of certainty? It gets worse. Your brain goes, see, I told you. And so now you get in the downward cycle where you start thinking, oh, my God, this is even worse than I thought. So now you tap even less potential because you're certain it's not going to work. Whatever action you take is governed through that filter, so the actions are weaker. You get worse results. What happens to your belief, your certainty, even worse? And now you're on the downward spiral. And every one of us have been there at some stage of our life. The secret is that people say, I've got to work harder on more action. More action without a shift in your psychology is worthless. I mean, going out to 100 people and say, you wouldn't want to you know, list with me, would you? That's, you, know, you may not be saying that verbally, but you're saying it non-verbally, and people smell that just like an animal does. Everyone experiences that. Or when someone says to you, now is not the time, and you just accept that experience rather than finding what the benefit is for them specifically to buy this, to list this, to be a part of this process, that's the piece that you miss out on. The opposite also happens. You know, if you stop working on just your actions or your potential, which is already there, trying to work on your belief when you're not getting results is really difficult. What you have to do, and we all know, we've all heard it, but it's one thing to understand something intellectually, and it's another thing to actually do it. And my life is really about how do you get somebody to do this? How do you go close the gap between what they know and what they're actually following through on? And I, I know, Tom, one of the reasons I chose to do this with you is because your organization gives people the support system to follow through. I mean, that process of getting them in that morning, the first step out to make it happen. But gearing that into your nervous system so that it becomes automatic for you is critical. And the way you've got to do it is get the result in advance. There has to be that shift in what you see and what you feel and what you experience in advance. And that's where this law of exposure you're talking about is so valuable. Because once you see that physical result or you feel it or you get that it really is real, it's not somebody pumping you up with enthusiasm. You go, damn it, somebody else is doing this in this market. Look what they're doing. They're doing better than they were in the previous market. What are they doing? Once you get exposed to even the possibility of that, it starts to shift your psychology. It starts to give you certainty. If you dig in and you get the actual strategies, here's what they're doing. Here's what's working now. Here's what's shifting people to think now it's impossible. Here's the reason why people got to sell now or list now or buy now. When you finally find those specific elements that are working, then even though the skill set was always within you, the certainty returns. And with that certainty and the strategy, now you maximize more of your potential. Now you have a different quality of action. Now all of a sudden you get a result in an environment that you didn't think was possible, and all of a sudden what has happened to your belief? 
your brain goes, see, I knew I could do it. You know? And now you have an ownership, not an intellectual ownership, but a physiological one. And now you tap more potential, better action. You have momentum. You get better results. Your belief and your, your strength of your psychology increases. And again, that's how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. So this process, this success cycle or failure cycle is the most important thing for someone to be able to tap into. Everyone is on it right now. Everyone listening to us is on it. The only question is which direction you're going and how fast. And if you want to change it, you've got to make the shift. And I agree with you. The law of exposure is critical in that area. You've got to get yourself in a mindset where it's there. It's really amazing. If you ask most people, are you making more money today than you were 10 years ago? Well, many people today are making less just in the last few years because of a change in market. Some people are making more. But there's a stage of your life where there becomes something where you won't accept beyond. There's a place inside of you, an identity that says, I can't handle below this. This is not me. This is not what I stand for. People find that, and they shift no matter what the environment is. Some people just continue to drift and lower their standard. What we're really about doing is show them how to raise it, again, not an intellectual level, but a physical one. And you know the difference in what I'm talking about if you see an athlete. You know, I'm sure you've seen an athlete walk out you know, to shoot a free throw or to go, you know, a kicker in an NBA game or an NFL game going out there, and you take one look at him and you go, he's going to miss it. You, you just know it. Every one of us is followed any sport. You can see it. You read. You can physically see before they move the state they're in. That psychological, mental, emotional state is 80% of the difference. Knowing the strategy is critical as well, but frankly, mechanics, once you know them, are quite simple. Execution is mastering the psychology. You know, Tony, it's funny, as you're, as you're sharing that, I can't help but think, I talk a lot about uh, Carl Jung's famous quote, perception is projection. You know, specifically, how one feels on the inside radiates to the people on their outside. You know, so if I'm feeling uncertain and coming from fear, it's pretty difficult to mask that from the prospect. So I, I know everything you're saying is in alignment with that. What's one simple piece of advice you would offer to the person listening right now? Maybe they're in their car driving to an appointment, and they're thinking to themselves, yeah, certainty, I need to create more of that because I'm coming from a massive state of uncertainty. What would you say to that person to just do one thing right now to turn it around? I'll give you two. The first one is one that you have to do more homework on, and then I'll give you the one they can do right now. But I think the first one is critical. I'm a giant believer that motive does matter, that if you're just doing this because you've got to make the sale, no matter what you do, that person is going to feel fear inside of you. So what you have to be able to do is you have to be able to get inside the head of this individual, and you've got to put yourself in their shoes instead of your own, and you've got to think about why, why, why now? Why is this something they need to do now? In fact, in some cases, some people need to sell their home because there's a good chance the value of it's going to go down. So listing the home for some people could be in that element, depending on where the market is. For somebody else, they need it for some reason they have to execute now that has to do with something going on in their family or that personal change that they're shifting with. If it's someone buying, you've got to think about why do they really need to take advantage of it now? Interest rates are going to be going up again probably. If you look at what's occurred, for example, recently, you know, the Fed just the other day discussed this again, and they're pretty much hinting it's not going to go down. So, you know, now's the time to take advantage. Right now is the time to take advantage. You have to come up with real reasons why. It's really to this person's advantage to move forward. If you're only going in there for your reasons, you're going to have fear inside you because you're going to be trying to meet your needs, and you're going to fear your needs aren't going to be met. The fastest way to transform your relationship with another human being is to get out of your fear and get out of yourself and get into their shoes and figure out what the true benefits are for them without exaggeration. If you own those, certainty will come into your body in a heartbeat at a different level, and it's a level that has an authenticity to it 
not a sense of being a frickin' salesman, which almost everybody in our society today can't stand. I don't care who you are. If you're in the sales profession, you're in one of the most important professions of the world because we're the ones that move the economy. Our ability to get people during good times and bad to take action when they're afraid is our job. And the whole economy doesn't stop. I mean, stops without us. So it's something you've got to be proud of, but most people are not proud of it. Most people like to avoid you. Most people rather just deal with it through the Internet or somewhere else. That's why so many people, they have strategies in that area as well. So if you're going to be unique, if you're going to stand out, you have to develop a different identity, and people feel it no matter what you say or do. So I'd say, number one, while you're driving there, what are the reasons that this person, screw yourself, this person is going to benefit by taking this action now that are significant and important, and what pain will they have? What are they likely to miss out on? What will they be hurt by if they don't follow through that is absolutely real? And you've got to own that. If you're not there mentally, if you can't find it, that's why you've got to expose yourself to people that do understand. Maybe you haven't figured out what the benefits are. That's why coming to a program like yours, Tom, or, or going and modeling somebody who's the very best and finding out what they believe will give you such an advantage. So that's number one. Number two is the leverage to your certainty will not ever be just in your head. You can all day long, you know, think positive and try and make, you know, positive imagery in your mind, but the mind is an interesting place. Once fear takes a hold of your body, it's at a gut-level experience. So the experiences that we're going to work with people on, for example, in the event, what I do is immersion. I want to go beyond you just understanding this stuff. Understanding and $3 will almost get you a Starbucks these days. That's about it. Knowledge is nice, but what you need is to make sure that that knowledge is embodied in some form of action. If you're going to get more certainty in your body, it's got to be trained in. What can you do right now in your car? You can understand that your physical body is the fastest way to change your sense of certainty. For example, if I were to talk more like this and um, think about things and say to you, uh, Tom, uh, let me think about that. I'm really not sure. My mind will slow down. My body will slow down. My uncertainty is not. Don't get me wrong. Nobody has to talk at my radical, crazy pace. No, but I'm telling you right now, you would drive me insane at that pace. So keep going. Yes. Me too. But my point is, you have to enter the other person's world. Yes. There is a tempo of movement in, in your body. Even if I wanted to speak more like this, Tom, and I were saying to you, this is the tempo I'm going to communicate to you with, I still have to be able to use my body in a different way. So, for example, if you see somebody who's depressed, and you know it from a distance. How do you know it? You know it before they open their mouth by their physical body. Because the posture, the head tilt, the facial expression, the volume of their voice, the way in which they gesture all reflect something. So, for example, you see somebody depressed, and everybody's been there at some time. Where is their head? You tell me for you. It's always down. Yeah, it's down. Where are the shoulders? Slumped over. That's right. And as the head and shoulders go over... You shut off the diaphragm, which is the way in which you get about 80% of the oxygen in your body if you are healthy and natural. So what happens now, you have to use all the muscles in your body, getting less oxygen. More and more stress is building up. You see somebody's having a panic attack. Literally, a panic attack is a change in your breathing pattern where you're not getting enough oxygen. Well, a small version of that happens when you start to collapse. You know, look at it. We all know if you see a person who's depressed and you look at their face, is it all lit up, lifted up, muscles up and tight? Or are they drooping and slack? I mean, oh, they're what, ab- what have you seen? Yeah, they're drooping, they're slacked, they're, you know, they're lifeless. That's right. And that the tempo of their gestures, the movement of their body, their voice loses its vitality, the volume of it will change, the trend will go downward instead of up. So everybody's been there. 
If you take somebody who's passionate about something, you get somebody, you know, you're in a conversation, it's going nowhere, and all of a sudden something clicks in, you know, all of a sudden you both share something you're passionate about. Oh, you like flying helicopters, I fly helicopters, oh my God, or you know so-and-so, I know so-and-so, or you're a fan of whatever, I'm a fan. There's an energy that happens in that process, and if you watch it, it's physical. So the leverage to change your emotional state is your body. If you make a radical change in your movements, in your gesture, in your voice, in your tempo, in the way in which you physically walk, it literally changes your biochemistry. Now, this is not like some pump-up where you say, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, and you do a bunch of affirmations. Affirmations without a change in your body lead to delusion. But when you make a physical shift that is radical and strong, and you watch any great athlete, they got something they do right before they go in that peak state, something they do with their hands, their arms, their face, their breath, their eyes, and you see that shift in them. And when that shift happens, the state happens of certainty. So you've got to ask yourself, when you're most passionate, when you're not fearful, when you're most excited, when you're most certain about something, how do you move? How do you breathe? What do you do? And if they do that right now in their car even, if they snap, if you get inside your mind, I am delivering here. I am not going to be denied. I'm going to have this impact. But you physically use your body out loud. You move, you gesture, the voice, with the kind of intensity you've had when you've been the strongest in your life, you literally change biochemistry. It triggers your neurology. It's very different than the affirmation, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm happy, and then your brain goes, BS, you're not happy. You're still in the same place. That's the difference between what I would call an affirmation, for example, and an incantation. An incantation is when you engage your entire nervous system. I used to do this. I was broke. I was a young kid. I was working for this company in sales. And, you know, I was so caught up in the fact that I'd worked so hard and nothing, I mean, nothing seemed to be working. I wasn't, I get people excited, but then they wouldn't follow through at the end, you know, the closing of the sale, quote unquote. And I was so focused on myself and what I was doing, what I was failing, where I was going, I just missed the whole thing out. So I started to do these incantations. I started to say, you know what? I've done these affirmations, didn't do squat, and I thought, what's different? I'm just saying this stuff. I'm not owning it in my body. So I started doing this thing. I now command my subconscious mind to direct me in helping this person today to change their life for the better by giving me the strength, the emotion, the persuasion, the humor, the brevity, whatever it takes to show this person and get this person to take the action to change their life. I would do this in my car, Tom, literally driving to L.A. I was in an old Volkswagen bug I had. And I drive for 45 minutes the entire way doing this over and over. And people in the cars next to me literally would stare at me like I was a serial killer or something because I would be like smacking the wheel and doing this. But by the time I got 45 minutes to that appointment, I mean, there's no way on earth when two people meet, whoever is most, if there's connection, if there's rapport, let me say that first, you can't just be certain. You have to care about this person. You have to know their needs. You have to have a relationship with them. But if that exists, in the end, the person who's most certain will influence the other person. If there's rapport, if there's respect, if there's connection. By the time I got there, the level of certainty in my body was at 100 on a 0 to 10 scale. The level of certainty in their body was a 3, 4, 5, 6, or 8. There was no question what was going to happen. And I literally broke the record in sales. I originally worked for a guy named Jim Rohn, and I saw every person I saw got everything he had for a month and a half. I ran out of leads, and I was so famous in that organization, there were 1,000 salespeople, that people were calling me up and saying, what was I doing? I was happy to share, and I was out of leads. So I said, listen, give me your leads. I'll go with you. I'll give you the whole commission. I just want to see these people's lives change. So I was so focused on what's going to do. And I would do this in the car, and these people look at me. I was crazy. When I'd sit down with a person, it was done. People have the money. They found the money. That thought process, that component made the difference. Now, you know, interesting enough, the law of exposure, 
you know, after a while, I kept getting exposed to so many people who were saying, this is impossible, this is insane. And gradually, I started to lose my edge as I hung out with the people and said, you know, damn, you've broken every record. Why else are you going to do this? I'm young in my first momentum stage. And I also went beyond my own view of what I thought I was. I mean, you know, I made 10 times more money than I ever thought. You know, I had a month where all of a sudden I made $100,000 in a month. This is back, you know, in like 1978. You know, you start looking around and going, God, you know, I grew up in a family where nobody made more than $2,000 in a month, and that was when we were really doing well. That was at the peak of, you know, the economic opportunity in my own family. So it's like, this is beyond imagination. So I started to go out and celebrate and do things, and I lost my momentum. I lost my certainty. So I had to learn how to train the mind and body to work at once. So long answer to your question, but A, no replacement for an ownership of what this person needs and why it's to their benefit, not your own. And people will feel that. Two, it's a training of your body and your mind together, and you can do it through physical change and you can do it through incantation. Tony, I think what you're going to love so much about our opportunity to work together is that is exactly what we do. That is exactly what we teach, and that's why we, we're so thrilled to be working with you coming up at this event. So, so we both get the value of total immersion training. And for many people, we know this is the fastest, most efficient way to get the exposure, to have them take their lives to the next level. So in your opinion, someone that's at the top of their game listening to this right now, you know, why should they reach out and attend workshops like this? And on the flip side, the person that's maybe sitting there depressed, feeling really bad about their business, feeling very uncertain, why is it important for that person to get off the edge? Because I believe, just as you said earlier, there is no gray area today in the real estate business. It is the rich and the rest. That's it. Oh, I, would, I have to agree with you, and that, and that always happens in markets piping like this. And what happens is people that weren't the rich who make the psychological and physical and ritual shifts, the things that make them successful every day, those ones that make it. I'll answer your question. Uh, the first person, it's easy. The person is already doing well. You don't have to convince them. I mean, I remember uh, years ago, I used to coach Marty Rodriguez, who was the number one century 21 real estate agent for like nine years out of 10 or 11 in the world. And she was outside of uh, a town called Glendora, California, where I came from. And Marty actually, at one stage, was selling, if I remember correctly, 1.8 homes a day. She was outselling uh, herself, and the people that she trained were outselling the entire multiple listing service of all other offices in that entire city, to give you an idea, at one stage. She got that strong. And she came to my, um, on the, I think it was the persuasion program I did years ago called Mastering Persuasion Techniques. It was a one-day total immersion event. And she come to the thing, I don't know uh, accurately, I'll give you my best memory of it, I'll understate. She had to have been there at least ten times. And this is in a course of a couple of years, maybe three years. She traveled from different cities and came to it, sit in the front row, take notes like crazy. You know, I obviously got to know her, and, and after a while became a coach for her. But I, I asked her, I said, what the heck are you doing here? I mean, you're losing 1.8 sales today. I mean, you're, you're a force of nature. And she said, Tony, of all people, for you say this to me, she said, if I go home, she goes, I'll sell 1.8 sales. You know, I'll, I'll be a salesperson. I'll be an effective salesperson. She said, but I'm coming here. How to become a more effective influencer? She said, every time I've come here, I've grown. And she said, repetition is the mother of skill. Some of the things you're saying here, you've told me before. She said, but, you know, it's kind of like watching a movie or reading a book. You come see that same movie or book, and you look at it a year from now, six months from now, two years from now, you're a different person. You have experienced different things. The market has changed. The environment's changed. And I hear it differently, and it goes deeper inside. Plus, she said, you know what? I know one thing. I may have heard it, but if I'm not doing it, I don't know it. And the repetition just gets it in my nervous system. She goes, you know, you can't imagine being a top athlete and saying, oh, yeah, I did that move. I did that martial art move. What's the next one? 
you do it over and over again to lock it in. So I think you know, people at the edge, people are at the peak of their game. You don't have to push them in this area. They're the first people to go, ironically. People that are at the bottom, they're the ones that are least likely to go and obviously need it ten times more. How do you convince them? I don't think you convince them. I think they get exposed, and there's a point in which they say to themselves, I'm not willing to settle anymore, and I know one thing. If I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm not going to get where I want to be. If I want to get to the next level, I'm the best. I keep exposing myself to tool strategies, put myself in total immersion so I get the biggest result in the shortest period of time. I need momentum. The best way to get momentum is not a little bite at a time, reading a book or listening to a little tape. I've always said to people, the reason I do those things is those got to be exposed for people. But the events, when you can go in immersion where you can be living, breathing, eating, experiencing this and surrounded with others that are succeeding, nothing changes your psychology and nothing gets it in your body so you fall through more than an immersion program. I agree. So, so Tony, when, when people come to this event, the outcome that we have, I mean, the ultimate outcome is that people leave transformed. Really what that means to me is they're going to leave from, from going, coming into the workshop, let's call it running their business by default, to leaving completely by design. You see, I mean, after doing this for 20 years, I know the challenges agents are facing. I know what's going on inside the market, and my intention is to plan them with all the tools, all the systems, all the strategies, you know, hearing from other top agents, panelists, people teaming up to work with each and every person inside the room to transform their business, to absolutely turn them into that person being by design. My question for you is, you know, we talk about being by design. What's important to you about being by design, and, and what advice would you give the listener to help them shift to be more like that? Well, I, I would say, you know, if you don't start with the end in mind, we all know you're not going to maximize your capacity. Maximize your capacity. You know, if you, uh, the best thing for someone to think about what it takes to succeed at the highest level by design is maybe model successes you have. I mean, if someone's not doing really well in the market right now, and they're fair to themselves, no matter how you know, frustrating or overwhelming that be, or scary that may be, they are probably doing good, at doing well in some of their, their life. Maybe they're great with their kids. Maybe they've got a great relationship. Maybe they are taking care of their body. You know, there's some, maybe the spiritual side of their life is strong. And what I tell people is, you know, if you really want to see how to design a transformation in your life, besides the obvious of modeling, you've got to first ask yourself, in the areas of my life where I'm doing best, what is the pattern? What's the design of what works? And I, I try to take things that are complex and make them simple enough that people actually do them. So I'd say to you this, there's one thing. Think of these as like three pillars to immediate progress. The first pillar is focus. Now, anything that you're doing well at, you're great with your kids, you're great in your intimate relationship, your body is strong, you know, you're doing well financially, whatever it is in your life that's going well, the spiritual side of your life, you give it focus. Now, it's not enough that you just focus on it. Somebody might say, well, I'm focused on trying to make money in the market, but I'm not, or I'm focused on lose, trying to lose 30 pounds, but I'm not. Ironically, most people are not focused on what they want by design. They're focused on what they think they have to accept or deal with. They focus on something that does not move them, that does not inspire them. They're focused on how to get by or how to make it through or you know, how to lose the weight that annoys them or you know, how am I ever going to make it through this marketplace, whatever the case may be. The areas you're successful in, you're not just focused you're crystal clear, just as you're saying, by design. What do I want? How am I going to make it happen? What's the ratio? What do I need to do? It gives them certainty to know what's going on there. There's focus, there's clarity, which is power, and it's compelling. If it's not compelling to you, no matter how much you focus, no matter how clear it is, you're not going to get there. So focus by design means clarity is power. If you are crystal clear, you're going to have a much better way to get there than if you're not, but that crystal clarity has got to be compelling. Any area of life you've made significant progress in, you've had that kind of focus. Any area you're not making it on, 
you've got focus or no focus, or it's not clear, you don't have a clear plan or strategy or tool, and most importantly, it's not compelling to you. You don't have the inner belief or structure that it's there. You're not inspired by it. The second piece is some people are focused. They are clear. It is compelling to them. But frankly, they've just got the wrong tools. The market has changed. They're saying the same things. They're doing the same things that worked before, and they don't work now. So it's wonderful to be all pumped up and excited and focused and clear, but if you're running east looking for a sunset, I don't care how positive you are. I don't care how focused you are. You've got the wrong strategy. So my second pillar is get the best. Get the best tools. Get the best strategy. Get a proven pathway, and that's where this, what you call exposure, what I call modeling is. You know, success leaves clues. When you find someone who's the best in the world and you find out what they do and they're doing again and again, they're not lucky, there's something they're doing. You have to not only be focused, clear, and have it be compelling, but you've got to have that proven strategy that is current and available today. And again, you know, I know this is your focus you know, for your entire organization, Tom, and that's one of the reasons I agreed to come and do this because I think we complement each other in this area. The third element is what I think I'm best at, though. There are some people that are focused and clear, it's compelling. they got the best tools, but they're still not doing it. And why aren't they doing it? Because they have inner conflict. Ultimately, what to do is not that complex. How to lose weight, how to make money in a tough market, how to go get those clients, how to create the relationship. These are not complex tasks, let's be honest. What they are is they're difficult because you've got inner conflicts. Because part of you really wants to make this happen, and another part of you is scared to hell it's not going to work. Because part of you wants to be totally successful, and another part of you never wants to be judged. You want to make a lot of money and never be judged. It ain't going to happen. Right? Because part of you wants to, you know, to have all this, but another party wants to do it the easy way, whatever that you think that is. Those inner conflicts, that's where people are stopped. And if you want to know who I am, I've never been, I mean, people think of me very often because of, you know, the exposures on television where they'll see me with a giant audience, 10,000 people, and they're jumping or leaping, whatever. That's the part I talked about earlier about changing the body first because you've got to peak performance. But what I am is the why guy. My whole thing is this. You know, you say to me, I don't need any motivation. No kidding. Nobody needs any motivation. You already have motivation. My question is, what is it? What is your motive for action? And is it aligned or is it in conflict? If you tell me, oh, man, I really want to do this and this and this, but you do the opposite every day, then what, what is your motive for action? You've got some inner conflicts. And until they're resolved, you will make zero progress. You might make a little progress, but zero sustainable progress. That's where the shift in the inner psychology, that's where the emotional shift allows you to start to tap into your real capacity. That's what we'll be delivering for people. That's the part I'll be Tony, delivering. Tony, so I'm sitting here just thinking program. to myself, first of all, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Marty Rodriguez will be at the event. Oh, I actually wonderful. coached Marty for about four years as well, and uh, so you know, we share that in common. I am just absolutely lit up about the possibility and what's going to take place for every person that's there. Um, there's this little audio message will probably go out to somewhere in the range of 700,000 to a million you know, license agents from all across the U.S. Um, many of them will have just saw myself or just saw one of my trainers or maybe just talked to one of my sales associates. And, and you've taken so much time to answer what you're going to bring to that experience. And yet there still might be someone that's just, they're just on the edge. You know, you and I both know there, there's just some people that just struggle to make a decision. Knowing what you know about the work that I do, what you do, what would you just say to that person to allow them to make it easy? Well, I, I think the, the easy part is really simple. I mean, ultimately, everything comes down to risk-reward. And you've got to ask yourself, okay, on the current path I'm on, and the only person you're talking about, honestly, is somebody who 
isn't doing well. Somebody is doing well, they're the first one to grab this. Like Marty, for example. I mean, you've known her for four. I've known her for, what, 17, 18 years. And here she has come into my program, your program. She's still figuring out how to maximize. I mean, this is a woman that you know, started making millions of dollars a year when no one ever dreamed of making that kind of money in real estate. So, I mean, why is she coming? It's not hard to figure out. The best will do it. If you're one of those people that's not in that category, you've got to ask, are you willing to settle? What's your risk-reward in this piece? If you stay on the course you're on, will you, in this marketplace, maximize every ounce of your capability and not only earn the money you want and do well, but will you enjoy yourself? You know, because ultimately, this isn't just about a result. And I tell people there's two real sciences of life or two master lessons of life, if you will. One of those is the science of achievement, which is how do I get from where I am to where I want to be? And in that situation, there are laws. And in different environments, you better know what the new laws are, otherwise you're going to have problems. But if you follow the laws, you get the result. But there's a second part of life, which is a big part of what I really want to work with people on as well, and that is the art of fulfillment. If you achieve everything you got and then your brain goes, is this all there is? What do you have? You have nothing. That level of fulfillment today, not someday when I finally achieve my goal, that level of aliveness, that level of sense of gratitude and joy and happiness and fulfillment is the only reason you're working so hard in the first place. You're working this way thinking someday I'll get to a level where I can finally you know, experience all that I want to experience. I'll have this. I'll live this. I'll do that. But ultimately, it'll make you feel a certain way. My view is why wait. Ironically, by making the shift in the psychology and emotion now, that fulfillment, that hunger, that drive, that aliveness comes back into your life, that passion. And when that occurs, you have everything you want in the future today, and you execute at a different level and get the results as well. So ironically, many people get the results, and they're still miserable. My whole view is don't settle. And the view you've got to ask yourself is real simple. What am I else I going to be doing for a couple of days that will give me that much momentum? If you have something else you're certain about, go do it. If you don't, then this is the place to be. Well, I appreciate that. So, Tony, we've been on the phone for about 45 minutes. And I know that anyone that's on the line right now has got to be a little more fired up, a little more certain. You've offered, you know, tremendous insights and tools. And, and, you know, for my clients, they know what I bring to them every single day. So as we wrap this up and allow you to go off and, and do your coaching between now and the time I see you again in August, any last thoughts you want to share? Because this is going to hit anywhere between 750,000 to a million agents out there. They'd all love to hear from you. What's your last thought? Well, I'd say two things. In, no matter how difficult things may be in the environment, I mean, you know, we all know that there's a way to overcome, but the fastest way, frankly, I want to remind you is, is realigning your motives with the people you're here to serve. Corny as that may sound, there, there's no substitute, there's no strategy, there's no skill, there's no tool for getting back into the place of where you're really trying to serve because we all smell that. Motive does matter. When you're just trying to take care of yourself and trying to make it through, you get a certain amount of insight because I believe life supports life. Whatever supports life, life steps into support. You get a certain level. If you're trying to support your family, it's not just you, there's a different level of insight. You're trying to support your customer, a different level. You're trying to support your community, the game starts to change. And I can remember years ago working with a gentleman up in the San Fernando Valley, and I'm, I apologize, I'm blanking on his name, but it just popped in my head. I was thinking about people during tough times, and this is way back, maybe 20 years ago, when this young man was 17 years old. Maybe before I see you guys again, I'll look him up. And his name was Mike, I don't remember his last name. But young man, just getting started, wanted to get licensed, 17 years old, he's passing out flyers. He's working up in Encino, California, and at fairly, you know, at 18 when he gets his license, he starts to work, and, you know, he has his farm, and he's working 
real hard in that environment. He's getting nothing. Nobody listening with him because he looked young, acted long. He was young. And, you know, no one thought he had the experience base. But, you know, all he did to create a different identity for himself is he cared so damn much that there was a trash strike. And when the trash strike happened every day on the news, you know, say day number whatever of the trash strike. And, you know, he'd watch this. He'd see the streets that he was going on and serving. And, you know, after a few weeks, people's trash would build up. Dogs would get into it. And they, you know, they started tearing all over the streets. It was a fairly up, upscale neighborhood. And people are really angry that, you know, the problems of the city and why haven't they settled. And honestly, I don't remember how many weeks it was, but I think it was something like four or six weeks that this went on. And somewhere along the third or fourth week, he honestly just thought, man, I'm talking to people that sell their home, and who would want to buy their home in this neighborhood right now? I mean, this is, it's horrific. Nobody, you know, showing somebody else is terrible. And he's just a young kid, 18 years old, didn't have a lot of money, struggling, no real sales. And sure enough, he thought, you know what? I wonder what would it cost to hire a private service to come haul this trash away just out of his farm. You know, just take everybody's trash away and just clean the place up. And he started making some calls. He was a young kid, and he negotiated. And again, I apologize. I don't remember the amount of money, but my, if my memory serves me right, back then it was, it was really reasonable. It was like, you know, $4,000 for his entire farm, which for him was a gigantic sum of money. But he honestly didn't do this to try to sell people to do anything. He just thought, you know, how can I expect people in this community to believe in me when I've done nothing for this community? I want something. I want them to give me something. I've done nothing. And so he thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. And then he thought, I'm going to do it. I'm not even telling him that I did it. It's just, I want to do the right thing. So he did. He hired the service. They took out all the trash. Uh, you know, late in the afternoon, if I remember correctly, most of the trash was eliminated from his farm. And so people came home from work, and the place was crystal clean again. No trash all over the place. It's like, oh, my God, the community's been restored. And sure enough, you know, people start going, you know, they assume the trash strike's over, and you can only imagine. People turn on the news that night, and they go, you know, day 39 or whatever it was of the trash strike, and people are like, wait a second, my trash is gone. What are they talking about? And sure enough, you know, all our trash is gone on our street, but as they start driving around, they see other streets have trash, but not theirs. And people are like, who stole my trash? <laughs> you know, now they're upset. Somebody maybe took their trash. And it became hysterical because I had some friends that lived in the area. That's how I found out about this. And gradually, you know, people started saying, where'd it come from? And he didn't tell anybody anything. It was just like his way of getting back. But finally, the word got out. And the word got out, and his phone started ringing off the wall. And people used to, you know, call him up and say, listen, this is so, you know, I should have thought of this. We should have just done this on our own. This is amazing. I want to pay my part. And he said, absolutely not. This is my gift to the community. You know, I've entered this community. I want to give something to this community, not just take from this community. And, you know, it wasn't that expensive. I really handled it. He didn't tell them how much it was to do anything. And people would just push and push. And, and they said, I've got to do this. He said, no. He said, but you know what? If you want to do something, please, if you ever list your home or, if you, you know, you ever want to sell your home, if you're ever going to buy in another location or if you know anybody who can come to this area, please think of me because I really am somebody who's committed to making a difference to people. That branding experience, it became a branding experience, even though he didn't do it for that reason, took Michael and transformed him. Within three years, only two homes were sold in the entire area that he wasn't either listing or selling the agent on, to give you an idea. He completely dominated. He started making a million dollars a year within 24 months of that time, and he was 21 years old, if I remember correctly, at the time. And then he built up. He ended up building up in the San Fernando Valley. So I'm trying to think of his name. He had like six or seven offices before he finally sold out and moved on to another business you know, 10, 15 years ago. But the point of the matter is, if you want to transform your life, get the hell out of yourself. Start figuring out how to serve more. Yes, you can be strategic, and you've got to do that. And we're going to work on that in that day. But there is no replacement for a motive does matter. If you can make that psychological shift along with your certainty, along with the tools that work in the current market, 
you can put yourself in a position where you dominate, where everybody else is running off in fear or making an excuse so they don't look bad and blaming the marketplace instead of finding a way to serve. Well, I have to tell you, Tony, that, that story speaks volumes for the way we ask our clients to work with Glickman. their clients. It was Michael Glickman. I just remembered him. I was just going to say to you, Mike Glickman and Glickman Realty. That's right. I, I, I've known him for, I want to say, 20 years, just like when I mentioned Marty earlier. I've actually known Marty for 20, and I've, I coached her for four years, just to clear that up. So the good news is, Tony, when you when you come to the event, you're actually going to see a lot of people you know. Maxine and Marty Gallons, who I know you know well, I've been their coach for the last nine years. Um, you're going to see a lot of people that, that know you, that respect you, and are excited that you're there. Great. I'm looking forward to being with you guys, and I've enjoyed this time together. Outstanding. So, Tony, thanks so much for spending the time with myself, and I know that the person listening to this right now is more inspired and more fired up than they were before this audio message started. So now I'd like you to consider this your official invitation to join me and about a thousand fired up people just like yourself who are looking to get more exposure, have a business be even more by design, so ultimately you can have the life that you really deserve. So to do that, all you need to do is simply pick up the phone, call my office at 888-866-3377. That's 888-866-3377. And if you haven't made your reservation for this year's summit, August 12th through the 15th at the Desert Springs Marriott, go ahead and do so now. So thanks for listening to this message. Certainly pass it along to a friend. Let's have a great summer months, and we look forward to seeing you at the summit. Take care.